0: I'd like to take as my text this morning, that first reading, from the first book in the Bible, Genesis, and the last chapter of that first book, Genesis chapter 50, beginning at verse 15. If you're making use of the Pew Bible, you can find that text on page 52. Genesis chapter 50, beginning at verse 15, which I'd like you to notice with me. Again, Genesis chapter 50, and beginning at verse 15. And then Joseph's brothers, when they saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph, our brother, will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. And so they sent a message to Joseph saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. And his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. This morning I want to talk about God working all things together for good. God working all things together for good, which I suppose is a saying that uh, most of us are familiar with if we have spent very much time around in the church. Sometimes used as a cliche, um, disappointingly, but a powerful piece of truth nonetheless in Romans 8 and verse 28. And Paul writing to the believers in Rome in the first century, and we know that God causes all things to together, work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. And then we have Joseph saying what he says in our text to his brothers who'd acted seemingly as, 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 as bad as any brothers could against their own flesh. He said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Interestingly enough, the story of Joseph makes up 25% of the book of Genesis. I don't know why we don't think much about Joseph. We think about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 25% is dedicated to the story of Joseph. And that statement there read in the last chapter And so to really understand what's going on in Genesis chapter 50, we have to back up a bit. Indeed, the story of Joseph begins in the 37th chapter of Genesis, where we find Joseph and his brothers living in the so-called promised land, in the land of Canaan, in what is now present-day Palestine, and in particular in Hebron in the south, which is due west of the Dead Sea. And as the story begins, Joseph is 17 years old. He's in his late teens. He's the second youngest son of his father, Jacob, also known as Israel. And we're told in the text that uh, Joseph was his father's favorite son. In fact, you may recall that uh, Jacob had made for Joseph a special coat of many colors, which was a constant reminder to the other brothers that Joseph was... Dada's favorite. (laughs) And perhaps you also remember that Joseph was a dreamer of dreams. Indeed, if you back up to chapter 37, which you'll find on page 37 of your Pew Bible, and at verse 5 we read, Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Verse 6, and they said, and he said to them, hear this dream that I dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, which was part of the harvest process. They'd cut down the grain and then bind it together in sheaves and lay them down until they'd be collected and taken in. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf rose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed, down to my sheep verse 8 and his brothers said to him are you indeed to reign over us are you indeed to rule over us and so they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words and so since that was true he thought he'd tell them another (laughs) and then Joseph dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said behold I dreamed another dream and behold the sun And the moon, and eleven stars. By the way, he was one of twelve. He had eleven brothers. Behold, the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. And when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream that you've dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves down to the ground before you? Verse 11, and his brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept the saying in mind. And then the story of Joseph continues, and we're told that his brothers went north from Hebron to pasture their father's uh, sheep in Shechem, which is about halfway uh, to what would later be called the Galilee. And Jacob sent uh, Joseph uh, to go check on his brothers and to see how they're doing and bring back a report, And so Joseph headed north to Shechem, but he couldn't find his brothers there. And so he made inquiry, and he discovered that uh, they, the brothers were in Dothan, which is a little farther north of Shechem. And so Joseph found them there, but not before they had plotted his demise. In fact, in chapter 37 and beginning at verse 18, we read about that. And his brothers saw him from afar. And before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. And they said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come now and let's kill him and throw him into one of these pits. And then we'll say that a fierce animal, we'll go back and tell our father that a fierce animal has devoured him. And we'll see what becomes of this dreamer. Verse 21, But Reuben, Reuben was the oldest of the brothers, when he heard it, he rescued Joseph out of their hands, saying, Let's not take his life. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. And this he said, we're told, that he might rescue him out of their hands and restore him to their father. And so when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of that wretched robe and took him and threw him into a pit. And then we're told, verse 25, And then the brothers sat down to eat, and looking up from their meal, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead, which was in the northeast, quite a ways away, and their camels bearing gum and balm and myrrh on their way to carry it down to Egypt to trade. Verse 26, And then Judah, the fourth eldest brother, said to the brothers, What profit is it for us to kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let's sell him as a slave to the Ishmaelites. And let not our hand be upon him, for after all, he is our brother, (laughs) our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Verse 28, And then the Midianite traders passed by, And they drew Joseph up out and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Verse 29, And when Reuben, the eldest brother, returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was not in the pit, he tore his clothes and in great sorrow and agony. And he returned to his brothers and said, The boy's gone. And where now shall I go? I can't go home to Father. And then they took Joseph's robe and they slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood. And then they sent the robe of many colors, verse 32. And brought it to their father and said, This we've found, please identify whether it's your son's robe or not. And he identified it and he said, This is my son's robe, a fierce animal has devoured him. And Joseph is no doubt torn to pieces. And then Jacob, their father, tore his garments, and he put on sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. Verse 35, and all his sons and daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. It was his favorite son. And they killed him. They might have thought about more than just themselves, and what about their father's heart? No, I shall go down to Sheol, the place of the dead, Jacob said to my son mourning. And thus his father wept for him. Meanwhile, verse 36, the Midianites had sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. And then the story of Joseph continues in chapter 39. And we see, notwithstanding all the bad that happened to him, that the Lord was with Joseph. And Potiphar, if you like, the chief of the state police, as we would put it, not the captain of the guard, in whose house Joseph was now serving as a slave, Potiphar took notice that everything that Joseph did was successful and that God was with him. In fact, in verse, uh, chapter 39 in verse 2, we have this explanation of this. The Lord, the Lord was with Joseph, verse 2, chapter 39, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his end. And so Joseph found favor in the sight, in his sight, And attended him, and Potiphar, his master, made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. And from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed Potiphar's house for Joseph's sake. Indeed, the blessing of the Lord was in all that he had. Verse 6, and so Potiphar left all that he had in Joseph's charge. But still, notwithstanding all that God was doing through Joseph, a problem developed, chapter 39 and beginning at the second part of verse 6. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, and after a time, Potiphar's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. Verse 8, but he refused, and he said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house. He's put everything that he has in my charge. He's not greater in his own house than I am, nor has he kept anything from me except you, because you're his wife. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Verse 10, and as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he wouldn't listen to her to lie beside her and be with her. Verse 11, but one day when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men, the other servants were in the house where they, where, where they were in the house there, and Potiphar's wife caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. <laughs> but he left his garment in her hand and he fled out of the house. And as soon, verse 13, as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household and she said, see, my husband brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us, to make fun of us, to mock us. He came to lie with me and I cried out with a loud voice and as soon as he heard that I had lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and and fled and got out of the house. Verse 16, and she laid up the garment by her until her master, her husband Potiphar, came home and she told him the same story, saying, the Hebrew servant whom you have brought in among us came to laugh at me, to mock me. And as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. And as soon as Potiphar heard the words of his wife, she spoke that she spoke to him, his anger was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into prison. The place where the king's prisoners were confined and he was there in the prison. Verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph. And showed his steadfast love to him and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. And whatever was done there, Joseph was the one who did it. And the keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with Joseph. And whatever he did, the Lord made to succeed. And so we come to chapter 40, and the story of Joseph continues, beginning at verse 1. And, and, and it says that in some time after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt, that is, Pharaoh, and his baker committed an offense against the Lord their king. Verse 2, And Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, was angry with the two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in custody of the house of the captain of the guard, in the prison where Joseph was confined. And The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them, and they continued for some time in his custody. Verse five, and one night both of them dreamed. The cupbearer and the baker and the king of Egypt who were confined in the prison. Each his own dream and each dream with its own interpretation. Verse six, and when Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. <laughs> and so he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him, Why are your faces downcast today? And they said to him, we had dreams, and there's no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me about the dreams. And so the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, in my dream there, were, there was a vine. He's the cupbearer. He gives wine to the king, tasting it, of course, first. To make sure there's no one has poisoned or is trying to poison the king. In my dream, there was a vine before me. And on the vine, there were three branches. And as soon as it budded, it blossoms, its blossoms shot forth. And the clusters of grapes ripened. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. And I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup. And placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. And then Joseph said to him, this is the interpretation. The three branches are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office. And you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly when you were his cupbearer. And then Joseph made a request, only remember me when it is well with you. And please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh and so get me out of this prison. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews and here also I have done nothing that should put me into the pit. Verse 16, And when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, Well, you know, I had a dream too. There was in my dream three baskets for, for, for pastries on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there were all sorts of baked foods for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation. The three baskets represent what? Three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree and the birds will come and eat your flesh and on the third day verse 20 on the third day which was pharaoh's birthday he made a feast for all his servants and he lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants and he restored the chief cupbearer to his position and placed the cup and placed the cup of pharaoh in his hand But he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. And yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. But then the story of Joseph continues. He remained in that prison for two years, until Pharaoh himself dreamed a dream that he didn't understand. And that's when Pharaoh's cupbearer remembered Joseph, indeed, chapter 41 and verse 9. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember mine offenses. When Pharaoh was angry with me and his servants, and he put me and the chief baker in custody of the house of the captain of the guard, we dreamed on the same night, he and I each having a dream with its own interpretation, and a young Hebrew, my lord Pharaoh was there a servant of the captain of the guard and when we told him he interpreted our dreams to us giving us the interpretation to each man according to his dream and as he interpreted it so it came about and I was restored to my office and the baker was hanged and so Pharaoh sent for Joseph chapter 41 and beginning at verse 14 and then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they quickly brought him out of the pit and Pharaoh said to Joseph, verse 15, I have had a dream and there's no one who can interpret it. And I've heard it said that you, when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, it's not in me, but, but God will give Joseph, our Pharaoh, a favorable answer. And then Pharaoh said to Joseph, behold, in my dream I was standing on the banks of the Nile River. And seven cows, plump and attractive, came up out of the Nile and fed in the weeds, the reeds of grass. And then seven other cows came up after them, poor and ugly and thin, such as I had never seen in all the land of Egypt. Verse 20. And the thin and ugly cows ate up the first seven plump cows. But when they had eaten them, no one would have known that they had eaten them for they were still as ugly and thin as at the beginning. And then I awoke. And then he said, And I also saw in my dream seven ears of grain growing on one stalk, full and good. And then I saw seven ears withered and thin and blighted by the east wind sprouted after them. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears and I told it all these things to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Verse 25, and then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dream, dreams of Pharaoh are one. That is to say, they have one meaning. And God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years. And the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. And the seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind are also seven years of famine. And it is I, Pharaoh, who show you what God is showing you and what God is about to do. Verse 29, There will be seven years of great plenty throughout the land of Egypt, but after them there will arise seven years of famine, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land, and the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow, for it will be very severe. Now, verse 33, Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man to set him over the land of Egypt. And let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land to take one-fifth, 20% of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years and let them gather all the food of these years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh. Verse 36, And that food shall be on reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt so that the land may not perish through the famine. And this proposal, verse 37, pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom the Spirit of God dwells? And then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all of this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house. And all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. Over the house of Potiphar, overseer in the prison, and now overseer of the whole country of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old, verse 46, when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and he went through all the land of Egypt. And during the seven plentiful years, the earth produced abundantly and Joseph stored up grain in great abundance like the sand of the sea until it it ceased to be measured. For it couldn't be measured. Verse 53, In seven years of plenty occurred in the land of Egypt, and it came to an end and seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had said. And there was famine in all lands all around. In all the land of Egypt, there was no bread. And when the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, go to Joseph. And what he says to you do. Verse 56, and so when the famine had spread over all the land, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. And moreover, moreover, all the land came, all the earth, all the countries round about came to Egypt to Joseph to buy grain because the famine was severe in all the earth. And so the story of Joseph continues. And Jacob, Joseph's father, sent Joseph's brothers from the land of Canaan down into Egypt to buy grain. And the dreams that Joseph dreamed when he was 17 about himself and his brothers were finally fulfilled. (laughs) Chapter 42 and verse 6, And now Joseph was the governor over the land, isn't that interesting? He's a governor over the land. <laughs> Remind me of something that Mark Hall of Casting Crown said at a concert that we went to a couple of years back. Your life isn't falling apart, it's falling into place. Your life isn't falling apart, your life is falling into place. Or something that Helen Keller once, once said, I mentioned it to the staff this last week. She said, the, the world is full of suffering. By the way, Helen Keller, you remember, she she couldn't hear, she couldn't speak, she couldn't see, she went to college, she wrote books, she was a political activist. And this is what she said, the world is full of suffering, but it's also full of overcoming suffering. (laughs) Story of Joseph. Now Joseph was governor over the land, and he was the one who sold to all the people in the land. And Joseph's brothers came, and they bowed themselves. Will you be ruler over us? They bowed themselves before him with their faces to the ground, and Joseph saw his brothers. It had been many years, but he recognized them. He looked different, but they looked pretty much the same. And Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he treated them like like strangers and spoke roughly to them. Where do you come from? He said. And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph recognized his brothers, but they didn't recognize him. And Joseph remembered the dreams that he had dreamed of them. Long story short, if you were thinking I was going to go through every single chapter, Joseph's brothers went back and forth twice from Canaan to Egypt to buy grain. And in the end, Joseph revealed himself to his brothers. And Jacob, his father, and all of Joseph's family left Canaan eventually and went to live in Egypt. We read about that in chapter 45. Notice at beginning at verse 1. And then Joseph when he could not control himself before all those who stood by him." Notice, he's, he's running the country, he's prime minister. And so all of these Egyptians, this, his whole entourage, these other officials and so forth, when Joseph couldn't control himself before all those that stood by him, he cried and he said, "'Make everyone go out from me.'" And then Joseph made himself known to his brothers. Verse 3, chapter 45. And Joseph said, I am Joseph. Can you imagine? <laughs> Is my father still alive? I don't even know if they heard that question. They were stuck at, I'm Joseph. Joseph said to them, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? And his brothers could not answer him. For they were dismayed at his president, presence right (laughs) they had thrown him in a pit they were contemplating his murder they trafficked him they sold him into slavery and forgot about him won't be annoyed with that dreamer anymore how could they ever have imagined that God would do with Joseph what he did Verse 4, And so Joseph said to his brothers, Come near to me, please. And they came near, and he said, I'm your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now don't be distressed. Notice his mercy. What would you have done? I mean, there's no love lost. These, they, they hate him and have hated him. In fact, even as we go on, when they, they make up a story, I mean, they, they just seem that he's changed. Perhaps they haven't. I'm your brother Joseph whom you sold into Egypt. And now, don't be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Verse 8, and so it, it was not you who sent me here, but God. <laughs> God working all things together for good. It was not you who sent me here, but God. You think you're at the mercy of people? You think God doesn't hold you? Look at the life of Joseph, the life of Jesus. In fact, Joseph is very much a type, an Old Testament type of Christ. Clearly. He suffers. He saves. He's merciful. He forgives. So it was not you who sent me here, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. And so hurry and go back to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, father. Don't wait. Verse 10. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen and you shall be near me you and your children and your children's children and your flocks and your herds and all that you have. And there I will provide for you. For there are yet five years of famine to come so that you and your household and all that you have do not come to poverty. Verse 25, And so they went up out uh, uh, of Egypt and, and came to the land of Canaan to their father Jacob, that's the brothers, and they told his Their father. Joseph's still alive and he's ruler over all the land of Egypt and Jacob's heart became numb (laughs) for he didn't believe them but when they told him all the words of Joseph which he had said to them and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to carry him the spirit of their father Jacob revived And Israel, that is Jacob, said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Well, they went down. And not long after that, Jacob did die. And that's when our text comes in. Notice chapter 50, beginning at verse 15. And when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. And so they sent a message. It was a lie, by the way. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, Your father gave his, this commandment before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did you evil. And then his brothers said to him, And now, please forgive the transgression Of your servants, the servants of God your father. And the text says, And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Why did he weep? Because it was a lie, and they're still scoundrels. But he said to them, verse 19, But Joseph said to them, Don't fear. For am I in the place of God? Meaning, it's not my place to punish you for the evil you did to me. Vengeance is mine. God will take care of that. We'll just leave that to him. In verse 20, And as for you, you meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. And thus is the story of Joseph. As we think of Joseph's words and what happened to him and how God was at work in the midst of his suffering, I can't help but think again the words of the Apostle Paul. Romans chapter 8, several verses, several things he says. Verse 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Verse 31, and what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Or verse 35, and who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall suffering, tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword. Verse 37, no, and all of these things, we aren't just conquerors, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And Paul continues, for I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, no created thing, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is ours in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And if you love God this morning, and you are called according to His purpose, no matter what you may be going through this morning, today, what you had to face last week, and what you will face in the week to come, God can do for you what he did for Joseph because you belong to God and we know that for those who love God all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose Amen Amen God working all things together for good let us pray David said it, he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside the still waters, He restores my soul, and even if I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies that was anointed my head with oil and my cup isn't just full, it's overflowing, surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's all over, Lord, from Genesis to Revelation. You working it out for those who you call your own. And we may be tempted in the midst of the story, to imagine that you've abandoned us. But you didn't abandon Joseph and you don't abandon us even if we don't have the perception to recognize it. So give us the grace to see it and to trust you. Even as Job said, though you slay me, yet will I trust in you. Help us to do it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.